Hello to my most wonderful partner. A great week this week, and I pray you've had a beautiful Easter. To Jesus be for glory. And God's people said, Amen. Today, I have a beautiful subject, beautiful teaching. God's promised protection over you and your family. And what is our part? That we can have that protection every single day. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Bless them now, Lord, with your blessed word. Strengthen them with your word. In Jesus' name, protect them. For your glorious name's sake, and God's people said, Amen and Amen. You know, my desire and my aim always is to strengthen you in the Lord. That really is what I pray for, that the Lord will use me to strengthen you and that you might know his strength every day in your life. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. I want to read verse 19 to begin with. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents, on scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, this amazing protection, this great promise, is dependent on how we cooperate with the Lord. We can have this every day of our life, this power over the enemy. But let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, and let's look at verse 8. Because when you look at a promise like that, you have to know the whole word of God to know that this can be yours, but what must we do as believers? So it says in verse 8, 1 Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So here we read on one hand in Luke, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will touch you. Nothing will harm you. But Peter adds, be sober, be vigilant, because the enemy, Satan, is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So, verse 9, key. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. So, all right, we have the promise of Luke 10, but now we also have a part to play. We have to resist the enemy. Steadfast in the faith. That word steadfast is uh, very important. It means solid, stable, strong, sure. So we have to be strong in the Lord and his word, whom resist steadfast, strong in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So it's not possible to resist the enemy until we obey James 4, 7. Now, I'm sure you know this one, but it's good to, to see it all. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Then resist the devil. Then he'll flee from you. I'm sure you've known that, but it's good to repeat it. It's good to be reminded. I cannot resist the enemy without submitting myself to God first. So you take three promises, okay? I give you power 
over all the part of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Luke 10. Now you have to resist and be steadfast, strong in the faith. But to really have the whole picture, you have to submit to God. Then you can resist. So the question arises in Luke 10, well, how do I get that power? The answer is resist the enemy. He flee, but how do I resist? I submit to the Lord. Simplicity. So when you see the whole picture, it changes things. Well, now you know exactly what to do. Now, resist means to refuse to tolerate, making no concession. Resist doesn't mean flee. So the key, though, the key behind that, what we really need is to understand what belongs to us and to understand the word of God. In Isaiah 51, the Lord gives us an amazing uh, insight into victory against the enemy. So he begins in Isaiah 51, verse 12, right through 16. He says, I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die? Or the son of man and the son of man, which shall be made as grass. So don't fear people. And then verse 13. And forgettest the Lord thy maker, that hath stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth. So why are you, first of all, I'm the one who comforts you. Why should you be afraid of a man? And then don't forget the Lord, your maker, that has stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth. And then there's a very interesting question here and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, of the oppressor, meaning the devil, as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? So who is fearing here continually? The individual. God says, I'm the one who comforts you. Don't be afraid of any man. Don't forget the Lord your maker who stretched forth the heavens, who laid the foundations of the earth. And don't fear continually, don't fear the oppression of the oppressor. Don't fear the fury, the rage of the oppressor, as, he, as if he was ready to come and destroy. And then God, in, amazingly, in verse 14, says, the captive exile hastens that he may be loosed. Someone who is not paying attention to God's word is going to end up in captivity, and he wants to be free, that he should not die in the pit, that his bread should fail. And then God introduces his power. He says, but I'm the Lord your God. I divide the sea. I'm the one who causes the waves of the sea to roar. The Lord of hosts is his name, meaning the Lord himself. And then he gives us the, the answer what do we do here? How do we receive God's comfort? How do we live a fearless life from men? How do we know how to defeat the enemy? How do we get free from captivity? 
verse 16 says it all. And I have put my words in your mouth. I've covered you in the shadow of my hand, that I may plan the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. Wow. So God gives us the answer to protection. In Luke 10, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. In Peter, resist the enemy, he'll flee. You have to submit to God for him to flee and for you to be able to resist. And now God says, okay, the answer to all this is, I put the word in your mouth. So don't forget who I am. Don't be afraid of men. Don't be afraid of the devil. And if you're in bondage, there's a way out. It's the word. Isn't that amazing? The word of God is the only way out of bondage. I may be talking to someone right now who is maybe oppressed of the devil. Maybe you're, you're harassed by demons. The only way out is the Bible, the word of God. In Matthew 12, the Lord Jesus talked about how when a demon leaves, he comes back looking for vacancy. What are they looking for? The word. Is the word in there or not? They're not looking for the gifts of the, of the Spirit. They're looking for the word of God. The word of God keeps them out. They'll never get back in. There, there will be no vacancy if the word is in someone's heart. So it's possible to have gifts and have devils at the same time. It's impossible, impossible to be full of the word and have devils. So possible. So in Psalm 17, I, I, I pray you really heard what I said. It's possible to be gifted, to be anointed for ministry and have a devil. Think about Balaam. Okay? And it's impossible to be full of the word and have a devil. If you have the word of God in you, no devil can get in. And we just saw that in Isaiah 51. But look what David found in Psalm 17, verse 4. He said, concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, Lord, I have kept myself from the path of the destroyer. By the word of your lips, by your word, Lord, I have kept myself away and, and free from the enemy. Uh, when I was young, I was also struggling with harassment from the enemy right after I got saved, in fact. But then when I went to Catherine Kuhlman, December of 73, from there on, I've never had one day of oppression, not even one day. In fact, while I was sitting in her meeting, I saw two black beings, like smoke, leaving me. I actually saw it coming through me and, 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 and leaving. And, and I've never been oppressed since that day by the demonic. Why? Well, I learned my lesson in those early days. You can, you can, have, you can speak in tongues. You can, you can prophesy. And I did. After I was, I was filled with the Holy Spirit a week after I got saved. And I would prophesy in church, and, you know. But it didn't give me any liberty from oppression till I went to see Miss Kuhlman. And that was December of 73. I got saved February of 72. That's December of 73. And from there on, 
I've had no problems. And I, and I began to just, you know, get in the word of God because I, I, I knew this is the answer. And now I look back and I've seen what, what God has done in my life over and over. God's word. And I found that verse back in the 80s, but I'm just reading now, Psalm 17, verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the words of your lips, I have kept myself free from the path of the destroyer. And, and look at what David says to us in Psalm 119 about this. I want to show you there is a way out of demonic bondage. And it's not by seeking deliverance where someone has to cast a devil out of you. And you can't find them anywhere out there today. How lay anybody out there who knows how to do it, sadly. It's the word. It's the word. Yeah. I remember Derek Prince and my mother-in-law and, and Maxwell White and a whole lot of people back in the 70s who cast demons out left and right. Today, you can hardly find somebody out there who knows what God says about it. There are some, thank God. But you don't even need that. It's the word of God you need. It's God's word, I promise you, that will keep you free and bring liberty to you. It says, thou through thy commandments, David found out, look at Psalm 119.98, thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies. Wow, for they are ever with me. In other words, they're, 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 they're you know, around, but they'll never, never be able to trap me because I'm wiser than them through your word. Now, somebody's asking, I'm sure somebody's asking, well, we need the ministry of deliverance from demons. I want to ask you a question. Uh, do you see any Christian in the book of Acts having a devil? Is, is there any mention anywhere in the book of Acts that a believer who was filled with the Holy Spirit had a demon? I can't find that. The ones that had demons were not believers. If you read the book of Acts, clearly. No mention on the day of Pentecost, the 120, not one of them having a demon. No mention that the multitudes that were saved after still had any, any demons hanging around. Not one. Not one. Because whom the Son set free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. Now, you know, I've, I've had people argue with me. Yeah, you know, it's possible to be, you know, oppressed in the soul when, when your spirit is free. Yeah, but that's a big deal to be oppressed in the soul. Why should we even accept it to be oppressed in the, in the soul or the, or the body? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed in every area of their life. Jesus didn't promise us only liberty in the spirit or otherwise he would have said so. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on to me, all you labor, I'll give you rest, period. But we have to know what the Bible has to say. It's the word of God that keeps us free from the traps of the enemy because we are wiser than the devil when the word of God is in our life. Remember, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And we fight the enemy with it. So, now, the reason people have problems with Satan and they are harassed by the enemy or they have bondage, because 
they, God's word is not in them like it should be. David found that out when he said in Psalm 119, verse 95, and here's, here's what it says about when, when the enemy traps somebody or when he's trying. It says this, the wicked, I'm reading verse 95, Psalm 119, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I'll give attention to your word. In other words, if I don't give attention to your word, Lord, they'll destroy me. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will give attention to your word. I'll consider your testimonies. Or look at uh, same Psalm, uh, verse 101. I have refrained my feet from the evil way, which is the devil's way that I might keep thy word. You can't really receive the word of God if you're entertaining the demonic. But when you turn your attention to the word of God and receive it, the demonic will flee. Tell God, I have refrained my feet from every evil way. I don't want it because I'm gonna keep my attention on your word, Lord, on your word. God's word gives, listen, gives us the strength to come out of bondage, to stay out of bondage. So I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will hurt you. Psalm uh, Luke 10, 19, great promise. But I have to have the word of God in me to be free from the enemy and to have power over him. Otherwise, I can't. Look at the same Psalm and verse 105. These are verses that clearly state without the Bible in my life, without the word of God in my life, I can't be free from the enemy. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there's, there's light in my life, not darkness. And the word of God is the lamp. God's word is the light. Well, if, if I am lit up in my life, that means there's no bondage because bondage is, is, is darkness. God's word is our only place of safety. Now, why are people, though, why are people bound? Like what, what is it that causes them to be trapped, to be bound, to be harassed? Well, James 1, 114 tells us very, very, very clearly. So let's look at James 1.14. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And enticed. Now that word enticed means very clearly he is allured. He's, he's, he's caught, catched by a bait. He's beguiled. Okay? He's deceived. Um, a man, it says, is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust, by what he wants, what he, he, by the desires of the flesh that he submits to. And now he's enticed, he's trapped. He's pulled in. So, what do we do? Well, that, that same chapter, verse 21 tells us what to do. That's James 1.21. Lay apart all filthiness 
all superfluity or abundance of naughtiness or wickedness and receive the meekness, sorry, receive with meekness the engrafted or implanted word which is able to save your souls. Powerful. So now I am to make a decision. If, if, if there's bondage in someone's life, what they need to do is walk away, lay apart all filthiness, all wickedness, all sin, with the abundance of wickedness and godly unnoughtiness. And now, as they receive the, God's word with meekness, that word with, with, with meekness is very important. It means with humility. Um, gentleness, a spirit of gentleness, like a child in other words. The engrafted word, that God implants it in you. That word will save you. God's word will deliver you. You will come into a place of incredible deliverance. So now, once the word of God begins to fill our life, what happens? Well, we begin to walk in freedom. And walking in freedom is displayed by walking in holiness. Because when someone is walking in holiness, he's free. That's a very powerful thing I just said. Holiness is the result of freedom. Anyone who's not free from demons cannot live a holy life. So, again, Psalm 119, verse 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word, holiness. And you remember First uh, John chapter 2, beautiful portion of the word of God. Verse 15 and 16 through 17, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are, that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that, that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Now, finally, just before I say bye, um, this life of liberty, this life of victory, must be lived by faith. And faith is not faith until you pray it. Faith is not faith until you expect it. And faith is not faith until you act it. So, remember in First John, Five, it says what overcomes the world is our faith. So let's put it all together. This is very important, but let's also look at First John 5, 4, because I want you to make sure you have all these underlined in your Bible. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Okay, so the Lord says in Luke 10, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, I give you power over serpents and scorpions. Nothing will touch, nothing will harm you. Beautiful. Now, you have to resist the, the enemy. Be steadfast with faith. Beautiful.
Now you submit to God and now you can resist. Magnificent. Now God says, you want to be free? In Isaiah 51, the word is in your mouth. Once that word is in your mouth, it means it already has filled your heart and now you can speak it. And now you see many scriptures. God's word will keep you from any traps of the enemy, any bondage of the enemy. And if you, neg- if you, you neglect the word, that's when the, when the enemy gets in. And now as you begin living the word in freedom, you're living in holiness. And living in holiness means a life of beautiful faith that overcomes the world. And faith, like I said, is not faith till you pray it. Because it says in James chapter 4, verse 2, ye have not because ye ask not. So faith is not faith till you pray. Pray it. And faith is not faith till you expect it. And that is a beautiful portion in Psalm 5, by the way, giving a lot of beautiful scriptures today. Verse 3 of Psalm 5, My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. I'm going to expect. So faith is not faith till I expect it. And faith is not faith, not only I should expect it, but now I also faith is not faith until I act. I act, I have to do it. And that's James chapter two, verse 26. No one to pray, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. This teaching I pray has blessed you today, and I want you to walk in liberty and protection. And this is God's promised protection. Lord, I give you praise. Let's, let's, let's pray, Lord, Bring them to that place of total protection from the enemy, total protection from the devil, in liberty, in safety, and in holiness they will live for you for the rest of their life and their children and their loved ones. Lord God, let this be the year our loved ones will come to know you and serve you and walk with you. We give you all the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Listen, real quickly, uh, we have a pastor's conference coming up May 25 through the 28th at Thrive Church in Apopka. If you are in ministry, come join us. This is our yearly pastor's conference. You can go on our website and register. And it's time to give now to the Lord's work. Giving right now in this season of such uncertainty in such trouble in the world. Giving is the smartest thing you and I can do. It's the wisest thing we can do right now. That we might have all our needs met financially. That we will not be harmed if something happens to the economy. That not one of us will lack one day in our life. Because God has promised we'll have no lack in our finances and that we will have abundance, not just from paycheck to paycheck, that God will give us the abundance he's promised in his word. Guaranteed, guaranteed, the wealth of the sinner is about to pass over to the righteous. In Job 27, 
It says God allows the sinner to receive wealth, that he may give it to the righteous. So begin to thank God. He will give you the wealth of the sinners. He's promised in his word. Never forget, before Israel left Egypt, God gave them the wealth of the Egyptians to build this tabernacle in the, in the wilderness. And God will bless every one of us who are there building his work and his kingdom because he promised we will never lack. Lord, bless them, meet every need in their life financially in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Don't miss tomorrow a very powerful teaching again. And don't miss getting my book, Mysteries of the Anointing, in Amazon or everywhere books are sold. It's everything I've learned about the anointing. You'll not be able to put this book down, I promise you. You will really enjoy it and you'll learn a lot about the anointing. Now God can use you too. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. I want to invite you to the most important pastors, leaders conference we've ever had. This will be the most important time for us ministers to get together. And it will be held May 25 through the 28th in Orlando, Florida at Thrive Church in Apopka. Please make sure to register and be a part of this amazing, life-changing, most important conference. And I repeat, the most important pastors, leaders conference we've ever had. Make sure today to register. The information is on our website. Go to our website and register today. I'll see you in Orlando, May 25th through the 28th. God bless you.